everyone and welcome to the Future of Work podcast series. I'm Ella Wong from Leeds University Business School. Hello, this is Mark from the Career Service. Well, I can't believe how time flies where we've done nine episodes already across three different topics, during which time we've had some really fascinating conversation with the various people and I feel like I've learned a lot. The future of work is really being shaped by two powerful forces, the growing adaptation of artificial intelligence in the workplace, the expansion of workforce, including both on and off balance sheet talent, and what changes could be in store for the workplace, the workforce, and the nature of work itself. Well, of course, the podcast is not here to provide solutions on some of the challenges and issues raised, but more of a thought-provoking debate and explore how and where we progress in terms of um, preparing our students for the future. So, Mark, um, what have we got for this episode for everyone as the wrap-up session? Okay, Ellen, so it's been fascinating. And what we have done is we've gone away and we've come up with these six key themes for our listeners. So they are opportunity knocks, curiosity killed the catastrophe, Rome wasn't built in a day, be the change you want to see, me, myself and I, which obviously resonates very closely with you, Ellen, being a massive Della Soul fan, <laughs> and the future is now, but not necessarily in those order. But that's, our, that's going to be our takeaway topics, aren't they? Absolutely. For the, next, for the next few minutes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's just start with the first one then. The, um, the one that I wanted to start with is be the change you want to see. I'm not sure how many people have you know, really heard this saying. Um, somebody have actually falsely attributed to Gandhi, um, and I'm not sure whether that saying is actually coming from a Gandhi. Um, but I think the, the saying, be the change you want to see, is really about the notion of being changed that you want to see in these three powerful things um, when we adopt it. So it stops us from judging others, it replaces complaining about others with a reflection on self and it stirs us into a taking action within the one thing in the world over which we have a control of, which is ourselves. That's how I understand the saying of be the change you want to see. What do you what do you think, Mark? Do you do you think that's that's about the right yeah, understanding? I, I agree with that. Yeah. So what I would say with regards to that is that obviously, you know, in terms of work. Um, the world of work is changing. Skills required for post-pandemic mm-hmm. are being slightly rejigged, if you like. So there are still sort of skills required now that always have existed. So you know your verbal communication, written communication, etc., problem solving. Um, but it is key that these new skills um, that our graduates and, and our students are made, are, 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 you know, keep aware of that, keep their eyes open, see what's going on, um, and obviously address any of these skills through undertaking sort of other activities that, that, that can evidence those in applications. What I would say is, I mean, again, I, we've said this throughout the, the podcast, and it's a key thing that I would say as a takeaway is that, you know, A, many of the skills that are required now were required before, and obviously, you know, mm-hmm. our students and our graduates, you know, have evidence for those. It's just understanding, you know, how to evidence those in applications and interviews. But the second thing is that no employer had been through a pandemic before. So no one had been through this pandemic. Everyone is learning at the same time. Absolutely. And talking about learning, the way that the students and graduates have learned over the last two years, whilst it hasn't been ideal, whilst it is not necessarily what they came to university for, they came to be face-to-face in lecture theatres and seminars, not to be online, 
not to be on Zoom or, or Teams or collaborate. What I would say is that those are the skills that employers are now looking at. We are going to be working hybrid. We are going to have work from home. We are going to be meeting on Teams and Zoom. And so that puts our students and graduates in a great position. They have learned. And, you know, it what has been a negative time, and I've said this before, I'm not being crass by saying this, it has been difficult, it has been negative, mm -hmm. but reflect on what we have learned from that time. Reflect on all the technology that we have learned about because that is going to be important in the world of work and it's something that's also new to employers. So, you know, as individuals, you know, we help shape the future. Absolutely. I think reflection is a really important skill to have, isn't it? Um, and speaking of reflection and reflection upon yourself or oneself, I guess we can now move on to the second point, which is your favourite, Mark. It is my favourite, yeah. <laughs> so this, we call this, listeners, me, myself and I, I say we've called it. It's probably, yeah, we did agree with this. But it's <laughs> you probably, did. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I agree with myself, yeah. Um, and me, myself and I, so as you all know out there, because you're all massive Della Soul fans, <laughs> um, that is a song by Della Soul from their album, Three Feet High and Rising, which is a great album, and if you've never heard it, please you know go away and Google it and listen to it because it's fantastic on YouTube or whatever you, how you listen. To I feel like you need to you need to sing us a little a, a verse. Well, I, you know, it, you, know <laughs> you can come and come and see me at a workshop. I'm here all week. Try try the fish if you're a pescatarian, but if you're vegan, you won't try that unless you get some sort of fake fish or fake faking bacon or whatever. Anyway, this is what the podcast is about. But you know, this is pretty much how I usually roll in my teaching. So. The, the reason we're calling this is, and again, it's probably something I've mentioned over the podcast and certainly stuff I mention all the time in my, in my work, is that you know, the majority of work that I do as a career consultant is getting a student or a graduate to understand themselves inside out. And the reason why that's important is because obviously when you are applying for jobs, you have to use evidence to apply for jobs and evidence skills that that job requires. And you know, lots of times when I see an application, and even when an employer sees an application, they'll see something of great value that the candidate won't have seen. So they'll wonder why that evidence hasn't been used um, in an application for an interview. Um, and that's, that's really important. It's understanding the transferable skills and the transferable experience which, which, you know, which an employer is looking for. So it's, it's not just about the evidence, it's about personality as well and understanding you know, the value of it to the employer. And essentially, you know, one of my mantras is, is that if something is on a CV, then it needs to be sold. Otherwise, why is it, why is it on the CV? So if you have got you know, sort of extracurricular interests and it's on there uh, on a CV, you can sell that as well. And sometimes that is the best example of a skill. So for example, you know, sometimes when we talk about teamwork, mm -hmm. you know, teamwork is incredibly valuable in things like you know, a ballet dancer or an orchestra, but sometimes a candidate doesn't use that because they don't want to be a ballet dancer or they don't want to be a violinist. They want to be a lawyer or an engineer. Right. But that's a good example. So me, myself and I is basically understanding you know, our value experiences and how to sell those. Yeah, that's a really, really important point, isn't it? And I think just to build up on that, and sometimes people might have too much evidence uh, that, you know, build onto the CV. So I think they need to be careful to select the right skill set to be able to sell themselves and promote themselves in the right way. Is that right, Mark? It's true, yeah. yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit like Sherlock Holmes. You yeah. Can have, you can have too much evidence, but right. obviously Holmes will work through that and he'll get to the, he'll get to the spot on evidence. Absolutely, absolutely. So speaking of which then, I think the third point um, that I'm taking or, you know, we came up with is Rome wasn't built in the day. Now that's just kind of build up to your previous point is sometimes people are very keen to accomplish 
or trying to do things in a very short period of time, right? And this is evidence that I think this is because the way that we live at the moment, um, very fast-paced environment. Um, sometimes we're too eager to get things moved on or get the results, but the problem is that that can lead to weak foundations. So you, I think my perspective is to be able to build a very strong foundation so that you can evidence yourself and to be able to build you know, from there. Yeah, I agree. So, and I certainly agree that people want things straight away, mm -hmm. which is probably what they were thinking when I was talking about me, myself, and I, wishing that I was, you know, quickly talking through that instead of talking about Della Soul. But um, anyway, <laughs> not to reference Della Soul again. So, yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, a big thing that I, I talk about in a lot of my workshops um, with regards to sort of robots of the day is that this, this thing about careers are not necessarily linear. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of higgledy piggledy, up and down, oscillating, if I may. Um, sort of patterns to, to career uh, journeys. And what that means is essentially is, you know, you might be lucky and get your dream job straight away, and that's fantastic, that's brilliant, excellent, we love that. Um, if it doesn't happen straight away, it doesn't mean you're not gonna get it. It just means that sometimes you have to, you know, use stepping stones to get there, you take another job role, but, you know, as long as you're learning from those jobs, as long as you're still keeping your eyes open, looking at how you can use the job that you're in to get into the job you want to, to work in, that's great. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is that obviously, you know, today, um, you know, we have thousands of jobs, but next week a job will exist that doesn't exist today. Next year, lots of jobs will exist, uh, you know, and again, I, I talk about this a lot in my workshops of things you know, to do with the, space travel is a good example. There's going to be a lot of jobs to do with space travel. They're looking at sort of getting tourists into space, and that will create a lot of jobs. We've talked about robotics and the future of work Absolutely. and AI, and that's going to create a lot of jobs, but they don't exist at this moment. So, mm -hmm. again, that goes back to our first point, which is, you know, be the change you want to see and doing the research. Um, but it's also around sort of understanding that, you know, you can get there in the end, but it is not necessarily a linear journey straight away right absolutely now speaking of intriguing mark um i think when you talk about me myself and i <laughs> the, yeah, exactly yeah, <laughs> well maybe just once or twice okay. <laughs> um now speaking of intriguing i think one of the points that you mentioned earlier was curiosity kills catastrophe so i'm really intrigued can you tell us a little bit about that Point. I can tell you about that point, yeah. So this is a pun, Curiosity Kills the Catastrophe, and it's a pun that I used for a title of uh, a webinar I did with a colleague from Leeds Beckett, Ben Robertson, hello Ben, um, under the guise of Leeds Untied, open brackets, not a typo, close brackets, and that is a collaboration Ben and I do uh, in terms of webinar, which is very GIF heavy with very pop culture references. Mine are from the 80s, Ben's are more recent. Um, so, for example, I might use, uh, I don't know, Della Sol, should we say, from the 80s. <laughs> anyway, so Curiosity Killed the Catastrophe. Why are we saying this? The reason that that was used as a pun is because uh, we delivered that webinar pretty much during lockdown. And the reason being is that, you know, curiosity is such an important thing. You know, first and foremost, higher education is about curiosity. We come to university not just to sit in front of a, you know, a lecturer and then think the job is done. We, we, we sit in front of a lecturer, we do the seminar, we do the reading, and we read around stuff. So true. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same with careers. You know, we look at sort of job vacancies and we think, okay, how can we develop that skill? How can we develop that knowledge? We go away, we read around it, we research. University is about research and that's curiosity, that's mm -hmm. important. So curiosity killed the catastrophe means that you know, if we look at the if we look at the pandemic, you know, we have succeeded through the pandemic by research, 
new vaccines, new ways of working, being agile, being on teams, working, you know, working sort of remotely, etc. And that's about, you know, being curious, understanding how things are going to work, how we're going to get out of this situation. But that's always been in existence. It's always been the same. We've always been curious about how we can do this job, how we can do this job better. How we can do this podcast better, in fact, Ellen, but I mean, that's impossible. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? So that, that's what I'm talking about. Curiosity should be a tool that all students and graduates have. They should be interested in things around them. Um, and that's why, you know, we call this Curiosity Kills, the catastrophe. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think Good. curiosity is one of the things that you mentioned throughout different episodes um, as well in this podcast series. And I think as a skill is really important to our students. And in fact, you know, that just reminded me of a conference that I've attended, um, which one of the keynote speaker was a um, VC from a very prestigious university. Um, and she said, she said, as an educator, our responsibility is not to make you feel comfortable, as in the students. Our responsibility is to make you feel uncomfortable. This is very much about, you know, engaging and, and encourage students for their curiosity, for them to come up with the questions and challenge the research, challenge us, you know, as educator. So, you know, just, just kind of reminded me of that conference that I attended and, and, and whatever the VC have said really stick in my mind. And I just thought that, you know, that's a really brilliant way and a mindset to think and consider what the responsibilities are lies on educators' shoulder, really. Do you think, do you think the listeners are uncomfortable at this minute, Ella? Listen to us? Or well, I don't do know. They're, they're, they're curious. <laughs> Well, I hope you're thought-provoking, Elise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with that said then, I think that kind of goes really nicely linked to the next point that we talked about, which is opportunity knocks. Because mm. that is all about people being proactive, mm. right? So once you're curious, you have to prepare yourself, you have to be proactive and, and approach. And that's how opportunity knocks. Because, as you said, Mark, in the past, that opportunities everywhere and even when we interviewed Nicole Locke she mentioned that there are how many millions of 25 more millions of jobs being created versus however you know comparatively speaking the jobs that ceased so I think opportunities are being created all the time and certainly into the future and you know some of the things that you mentioned just now about there are perhaps a job so that doesn't exist right now, but a sure will do in five years, 10 years time. So it's really about people being proactive. How do you think people um, here at Leeds can do that? Our graduate can do that, please. Mark. Okay, there are lots of examples. And funnily enough, and this is, this is true, I'm not making this up. I literally just had coffee with a, a finalist this year that I've worked with for the last four years. And um, I was talking to her about what she was doing in lockdown and she set her own business up. Uh, she was doing dog wallpaper, which was, Quite interesting for computers. Oh wow! Yeah, so she she's sort of running her own business, and Kathleen is a great example of someone who is um, very proactive. So, so I taught her in the first year. You know, since the first year, she's done work experience. She's been part of a club and society. She's still a student ambassador at the minute. She started a graduate scheme early, right? Whilst she's still sort of you know helping the university out. So. You know, you've got extracurricular, you can do sort of work experience. I think the key thing is that, you know, it's good to do something. Um, and, you know, you don't have to do a lot. 
um, you know, one thing is enough. And as I say to my first years, you know, when I, when I teach, I say, just chip away. One thing is, you know, it's enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you join a club or society, fantastic. If it's, if it's a hobby you want to make, you know, develop, brilliant, that's great. Um, we've got to do something because, you know, if we're going to get a job, uh, and especially sort of UK employers, they do like a well-rounded candidate. They have right. other things going. So that's important. Um, the other thing is just, you know, to be in it, to win it, which is, again, is another saying. It's quite cliche. That's a bit of a fridge magnet job. But um, <laughs> another post I read this morning on LinkedIn when I came into work is actually, uh, it links to um, um, a, a, an end of um, event or an end of mentoring event that took place last Friday. So there's a mentoring scheme run through the career service. Hello, Dan, my colleague who runs that. And there was an event where the mentors and the mentees met up last week. And um, one of the mentees posted on LinkedIn this morning saying they went to the event and actually got a summer internship through it, through networking. Oh, wow. Which again, you only, you only, get, you only get that by turning up to these things. Absolutely. Um, so two, you know, already today, and it's not even the afternoon yet, um, it's 10.56, listeners. Uh, AM, that is not PM. Uh, it might feel like PM. Um, yeah, so you've got to be in it to win it. You've got to make things happen. That is what opportunity means. Engage and just get involved in stuff that you enjoy as well. It doesn't have to be a bind. It doesn't have to be things, you, you know, you might think of networking as horrible. You don't want to go and meet people and, you know. Mm-hmm. But just do something that, you, you know, you really enjoy. As I say, a hobby, an interest, do something. Absolutely. I think it's just something to kind of uh, highlight there. You know, we as a university organise events for students um, all the time, networking events, all sorts of events, employability, non-employability related. And as you say, Mark, one of the things, and this is no criticism to to anybody, uh, you know, out there listening, but things do happen. But why find is sometimes people do sign up to things and not really turning up and they think, well, actually, they're signing up so that they can get the contents via recording. But like you say, that's just to demonstrate it's not about listening to the content afterwards, is it? It's really about the social interaction um, from the event by turning up, but you can only generate some of the specific interactions and opportunities and being by being proactively act, you know, being in the event, attending the event, and then the opportunity knocks, right? So that's really what we're saying is I think obtaining the information and, and content from the event is one thing, but obviously going above and beyond and being that extra proactive is making you standing out from the crowd. Yes, exactly. Good job you said standing out. I was really, that was really weird because I was thinking the words. Really? Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what I would say is you don't stand out if you're not there live, if you're not engaging. I appreciate that some people think, well, actually, it's online. How do I stand out? But again, by asking questions, putting stuff in the chat. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've spoken to many employers and I've said this during the podcast. You know, many employers of lockdown who are looking out for people who engage in the chat or want to open the mic up. That's fine. Now we're getting back to face to face. Again, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be there to sort of stand out. As I said about the, you know, the student last Friday who's now got his summer internship, you know, he did that because he turned up and he engaged in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important. I mean, the other thing about turning up is that if we have employers in and, you know, no one turns up, then they're going to come again. And that's sure. that's a shame because they have jobs. They come in because they've got jobs. They don't come in for their health. Um, Definitely. Unless they're on some steps regime or, you know. <laughs> um, and that's not steps the band, which I think is a nice band. Um, so it's not really my cup of tea now because I'm really 80s but anyway you um, are really into your music aren't you Mark music, but, but I mean well I knew I was going to say steps in music but that's contentious um, yes so you've got to be in it to win it Emma which I said I think I've said already yes yeah, yes I've said that twice 
So, well, that's okay. Is that's it, okay. I knew you were um, Frank's <laughs> there's, there's some awesome stuff. There's another we're one. Even, we're getting even later. That's the 50s and the 60s. So, okay. We... Obviously, the theme of this podcast series is the future of work. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about the future, but yet we can't predict the future. So I think the last point that you mentioned, which I find the the point is really interesting and something perhaps we can discuss and expand on, is the future is now. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that, Mark. Yeah, okay. So again, what I, what, something I say to a lot of students is, is this. The future is now. And what, what I would say is, we have talked about being active and proactive, etc. And what I would say is that if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I haven't done this and I haven't done that, that's fine, that's okay. I mean, we can't worry about things we haven't done. And I always say this to, to, to students and graduates, we cannot expend energy on things we have not done. But what we can do is plan for what we are going to do. So, you know, we can look at what we can do, plan for that, manage our time, and we can get involved from now. So let's not worry about what we haven't done. Let's think about what we can do uh, from now on. As I said earlier, you know, the world of work is changing rapidly, you know, we are learning skills, we are gaining knowledge and experiences that are going to start shape that world. And I think you mentioned this, and it's, it's an important thing that I, you know, I want to end on the, the, this sort of piece on, and that is basically, why do you want someone to shape the world for you when you can get involved yourself? Why do you not want to shape your own life? Absolutely. You know, that, that's really important. And in fact, I'll mention something, I'm reading a book at the minute by Eddie Izzard, who's a comedian, a very famous comedian. And he's got a couple of quotes that I was reading this morning on the, on the train, and he's exactly spot on from what we're doing. This, you know, Eddie Izzard's a very famous comedian, and this book is literally about him being told that he can't do something, and then he goes and does it. So he's very famous, he's a famous comedian, but he's learned a lot of languages, he's, a, he's dyslexic, but he's learned all these languages, he's delivered his comedy in different languages, he did something like 37 marathons in 37 days. Wow. He wasn't a runner, it was because he thought, I'm gonna do this, he has a fear of flying, and he got over that by learning to pilot an aircraft. I mean, I'm not saying you've got to all do this, but what he says is it's about mindset, it's about resilience, and it's about taking char you know, charge of your own life. And I think, it, you know, whilst he is famous and it's always dangerous to quote famous people, as he quite rightly said, at one point he was a kid dreaming of this, and then he just did it. And, you know, we can do certain things ourselves. Um, you know, and I, you know, I like to think that when I was reading that book, I thought, actually, you know, I love my job, you know, when I was, careers advisor in school when I first started a long time ago. You know, ultimately I wanted to work in HE. I'm now working in HE. Now I'm in HE. I'm allowed to do things like this podcast with sure. <laughs> and Hannah, who's not talking, but Hannah is our colleague. Um, and that's great. I love that. You know, yeah. and, and I do other things, you know, like Leeds Untied with Ben, you know, and they're really sort of using 80s gifts. Great. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm allowed to do that. That's brilliant. That's what I want. So we take control ourselves. That's, that's the important thing. The future is now. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, it, it almost feels like we've closed up the circle going back to the first point that we mentioned, which is exactly as he said, be the change you want to see. You know, talking about this com comedian, the, the book that you're it reading. It's very famous. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, Sorry, it's about challenging himself. Eddie, you are very famous. <laughs> Um, you know, it's about challenging yourself. It's about make the change that you wanted to see. Because some people, if you've got severe phobia, you're probably trying to avoid as much as those. But, you know, he did complete the opposite. So I feel like we've closed the circle. We've completely gone through everything that we feel like is the sixth key takeaway from the 
you know a future of work podcast series and i really hope that the listeners agree with us that they enjoy the content as well um well i think on this note uh, mark this concludes our future of um future of work podcast series don't you I, think I, I think so yeah unless you want me to talk some more about any is the infamous comedian that you don't know about maybe next um podcast series we'll uh, we'll move on to that one how about that yeah i'm happy with that yeah <laughs> great well um thank you so much for tuning in listeners i i really hope you enjoyed the content um and you know enjoyed the wrap-up session and uh, thank you so much mark for being my very best co-host and a very good colleague I'm, as well I'm your only co-host, so my I, only I, co-host I, I, of course that. thank you to hannah <laughs> as well we mustn't forget especially we're editing this <laughs> absolutely absolutely well on that note then um as always if you're interested in connecting with any speakers please do follow them on linkedin or simply sending us an email to find out more our contact details available in the episode below um lastly let me follow my tradition and leave you with this quote the past is in your head the future is in your hand Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, take care.